0: We are the the or the second largest children's rain boot manufacturer in the United States, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it's just about 200,000 pairs.
1: Wow. Annalisa De Marta. Easy enough. This is how I know you. Local business owner, mutually connected to my business coach, Allison Dunn. Uh, you'll have to dive into this for me, but I'm pretty sure I could say accidental inventor. Yes. Yeah. Self-funded startup. Yes. And running a business with your husband. Yes. Those are the things that I currently know about you. Yes. I'm excited to learn a lot more about you. But the other component that's fun to touch base on is like your friends. People have known you for a long time. How do they know you? What are the things that they say about who you are? Tell me about that.
0: I am so lucky. I have the best friend circle. We moved to Boise just under a decade ago and I met all of my friends here. Like some people met friends in college and grade school I have my circle of friends that I've met through preschool. And um, I asked them this question because you gave me the questions in advance so I could better prepare. But it was a kind of a, like i to open myself up and go, oh my gosh, what are my friends gonna say about me? And I got from multiple people that I'm smart, driven. I had fiercely loyal twice. Uh, I'm obsessed with chickens. I have a flock of chickens that I love dearly, probably more than my kids most days, which don't tell my kids that. And I'm a lifelong learner. So yeah. I thought that was really, everyone should ask their friends What would they say about them? It was a really like nice exercise. Yeah.
1: There is a similar exercise that I go through with people who are trying to figure out who they want to be in business. And there's a couple books and resources that I point to, but one of them goes to the exercise of that. And it's also interesting to get perspective on people that knew you in high school, people that knew you as a young adult, people that know you today, and both like friends, family, and past co-workers or, you know, people you did school with. And there, what's really interesting is when you start seeing similarities between all of them, you're like, oh, that is who I am.
0: That would be uh, a really good exercise. Yeah. I think I didn't like the person that I was in high school or college. That's
1: okay, though. There's still characteristics about who you were True. that probably will come through because we have a core,
0: Yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: We just modify it along the way and try to get better at what we do, right?
0: Agreed, yeah.
2: And you look back and learn from it, right? Like you said, I don't like the person I was. So you're probably every day Making addressing those it's. concerns. Exactly. Yeah. So, Takes well, to get there. How did you end up in Boise then and when?
0: I moved to Boise just about 10 years ago. Uh, my husband grew up here. And so I'm from New York, upstate New York. And uh, my husband was a college professor out there and we were dating. And we had our first child well, married, first child, but to get married in Stanley. So I feel like that gives me a little. little credentialing. But it was after our first kid, it became really apparent that like upstate New York was not the place we wanted to raise our family. And so Ken kept trying to convince me to like move to Idaho. And I was like, I mean, the first time I flew out here like 20 years ago, I remember like the map on the airplane. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we're not going to Iowa. We're going to Idaho. I was like, I didn't, it like whiplashed my head. So um, so I didn't know what I was going to get myself into. We'd come and visited, but I didn't know what it was like to live here. And it's been amazing. So it's been the best place for my family and our business and just our our relationship. So, yeah.
1: New York. We've had a couple clients that have been from East Coast who have not enjoyed how nice Boise is.
0: Yes. it is a pro- <laughs> I remember when well, I moved here, I was uh, so my third child. I call him my anchor baby. Uh, so he's my fifth generation Idaho and the other, the rest of us are all New Yorkers. But uh, when I moved to, I was like visibly pregnant, like six, seven months pregnant, went to Winco and the cashier was super nice. And it was like, Hey, what are you doing later on today? I was like, this man is trying to kidnap me. There is no reason this person should be t- asking this many questions about my day and where I live and what I'm doing. I was like, got in the car and I was just like, I, I can't like, this place is terrifying. And he was like, do you think that maybe he was just like saying hi and like being nice? It just blew my mind. I was like, yeah. no. And he waves at our neighbors. I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Do you say hi to your neighbors?" And I was like, "We never talk to our neighbors. Don't make eye contact.
2: No one can be that genuinely
1: nice." Yeah, yeah. but now without I without meeting myself, or wanting something, right? Yeah. There's
0: always a motive, right? But I found myself this summer. I took the kids uh, to New York City for the weekend and gave them the riot act. I was like, "No one will hold the door open for you. People will not be nice. There'll be no eye contact." And it was the opposite. Actually, New York has softened since I would left. Really? But uh, but like the, I was like, and, you know, people are trying to talk to you. Like you know, they have a motive and. It, they actually were very, it was a very pleasant experience, yeah. but I was trying to like, yeah. Anyway, it was, Idaho is very nice.
1: Did you, did it, have you been fully rewired or is yes. there still, you have? Yes. Okay.
0: Now I'm like, I'm angry when I go places and people don't hold the door for me. I'm just like, how long? Or like, let me in through traffic. Like, of course I'm let six cars go in front of me. Like I'm not in a rush. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, Idaho has softened me quite a bit. That's fun. And my accent is now gone. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's hilarious.
2: So Stanley, what yeah. was the draw? So you got married there, but you were living in New York yeah. at the time. Yeah. So he grew up here in yep. Boise and yep. was like. Wordy in
0: high school, class of like 96.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, Stanley would be a cool place to get married or.
0: It was just like the place that he loved going. And so when he took me out, he's like, I got to take you to Stanley. And I was like, okay. So when we came out, I had my like first flight, I, you know, flew over Iowa, got into Idaho And he was like, "Okay, no, you're only here for like three days, but I want to take you to like my favorite place. And I was like, sure, that sounds great. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. Funny story. So I met my mother-in-law that same time. Of course, we were not married yet. Right. So I met this soon to be mother-in-law. We're in the car. And of course, long, windy road. And I'm kind of sick. We get there and it's like a July day. So it's, you know, still glacially cold water. But I didn't know this in New York. Everything's like warm. So I'm I mean, like, oh, great. The cold, the water's going to feel good. I'm feeling carsick. This sounds great. Put my swimsuit on, ran to the water, did not know water could be this cold, dove in, lost my breath with how cold it was, turned around so fast, ran to the beach. I'm just looking in, like my other law laws like waving her hands, and my husband's like looking at me. I was like, what? My swimsuit top had fallen down. Proud of beach.
2: Hey, mom. Well, yeah. my mother-in-law says that.
0: She's so like, well, can I can see why you like her. And <laughs> so I felt like it just felt like getting like it would have yeah. humbled, humbling experience. And uh, yeah. Well, just, when your whole
1: body's in shock, you have no idea what's going on.
0: I was, but it was like a whole, a whole like super packed little beach with like little family right there. And I was like, oh, more
2: unlike cool. any polar bear club I've experienced.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was just a, a great spot and we've just always loved it. And so it felt fitting and had a huge wedding up there unexpectedly. They invited sixty, had like hundred and fifty people show up and it was not expected and snowed in August and Yeah, but it's just a Sounds place like we love Stanley. To. Yeah. Oh. It's a place we love going Jeez. up to.
1: Did you say your husband's from here? Yep. So he moved away when?
0: Uh when did he uh after undergrad. So he got a job. My husband was in debate and someone offered him a job. Funny story, he gets off the airplane And, um, this job only paid like $6,000 a year cause like a super part-time like debate support role. And, um, he gets off the plane and and the guy's like, tells him later on, like years later, he's like, by the way, you were the wrong Ken Johnson. I thought I'd hired somebody else, but it's some dude who just flew across the country and you're only getting paid $6,000 a year. I'm like, well, he's going to work. So good. Yeah. So his, his career worked out really well going through academics and, uh, yeah.
1: And when he came, yeah. when he wanted to come back, did he have employment in place?
0: No. So we had our business at the time. Yeah. So we, he was a college professor and he kind of the golden handcuff situation made really good money, a lot of flexibility, but ultimately was just burned out from being in academia. So we had had this little side business that was growing and um, it was just like, okay, well then let's, here's the deal. Like we had this little family, worst case scenario, we lose everything, but we're young enough, we'll start over. So it's like, let's grow this thing, have it offset our salaries. And we did that over two years and then- moved.
1: So tell me about the company. What is it? Yeah. So. If, if nobody's ever heard of your business, I will say this. Let me, let me intro it this way. Your company, I became aware of probably probably about six years ago, okay. somewhere in that range. And, and you were downtown at that time, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I drove by this place that had a cool little logo and a loan cone. And I'm always very attracted, kind of my past previous corporate world Anytime I see an interesting name or like a cool logo, I'm like, I got to know who that is. So I did a little bit of research and found out who you were before we had ever yeah. even talked and um, actually reached out a couple of times to try to connect with somebody and like nobody returned <laughs> messages Sounds like and it wasn't to you. They weren't messages to you, but um, I just remember going, wow, that's really cool. This is, this is a neat company. So tell us about the company. What is it?
0: Yeah. Those are, that's a way back when Cause we, I think had three, three employees then and like that little tiny place across from Trader Joe's. Yeah. So what we do today is, um, so we have two companies, uh, Lone Cone and Ridgeline Insights. And Ridgeline Insights is our primary business. We do Amazon channel management for a lot of outdoor industry brands. So we manage everything from, like, demand planning and supply chain to, obviously, content, advertising. But the whole Amazon experience, soup to nuts, um, it's something that we fell into um, accidentally and just realized that our team has this great expertise in in the marketplace. And so leverage that. And then kind of born in this agency business was Lone Cone. And that was a, it's an outdoor apparel, and accessory brand for kids. We do direct to consumer. Um, Yeah. And we're like the best selling kids remote on Amazon for the last four years.
1: And, and what part of your business did you have before you moved here?
0: So we actually just had like a, the, the agency, which we didn't formalize the name. We called it Lone Cone. And then at some point the brand was taking off and we had to like, okay, we need to redefine the agency business. Uh, so we gave that original insights, but we had the, the agency first.
1: Yeah. And so when you landed here in Boise, your goal was to basically like double down on this thing and make it into something.
0: Yeah. Well, it was, it was already working. Like it was already making more than our regular jobs, but then it got to that point where like we had to hire our first person to okay. like start taking stuff off our plates. And yeah. that was a little, that's always nerve wracking. Employee number one is like baby number one, right? It's a right. whole paradigm shift.
1: What was the role? Who, who were you hiring?
0: Gosh, I look back at our hiring decisions, and this person still works for us, which is amazing. It's kind of like, you seem nice, well, you work for me. Like, you just don't know what you need. You're like, I just need someone to do something. And um, so this person helped out with everything from, like, I mean, everything. Just, like, back-end Amazon management to buying to... And then over time, uh, her role is specialized into supply chain. Yeah, Yeah, she's, like, our master supply chain person.
1: Okay, before we get into the details of your company and kind of its dynamics that you're currently managing how does somebody engage you? Like, when do I come to you for help? How do I hear about you? Like, explain that process to me.
0: This is the million dollar question that we've been talking about internally. We've always just on word of mouth. This is the first year that we're like, you know, maybe we should shake the trees a little bit and see what comes up. So typically people find us through outdoor industry reps. Uh, We work mostly with uh, outdoor brands like uh, Big Agnes, Salomon Running Shoes, Darn Tough Socks. Um, And so it's usually through referrals. But people would come to us, so we'll do we do have a couple of local clients. And I think the best place that where we shine best is if you're definitely a consistent supply chain, like your inventory is not a problem. You want you understand the Amazon marketplace complexities, um, and that you understand that Amazon is an important piece to your overall e-commerce strategy. I think people sometimes come to us too early in that conversation and I think they get a little bit sticker shock and we're like, Well, if you're going to seriously grow the revenues, you have to be able to support that with, you know, inventory and investments. You have to have funding. But you also need to take us seriously and trust us. And I think sometimes new business owners just don't have that. They're doing everything, right? I mean, I've been there. And then on the other end, we'll work with large enterprise companies, like our publicly traded companies. And they have so many people that oftentimes there's a little bit of, like, well, who's the right contact? Mm-hmm. And do they know does a the A team talking to the B team? But we really like the sweet spot of um, an established company that just – kind of knows what their next growth strategy is and that Amazon will be a piece of that. Yeah. Are
2: you breaking them into Amazon or are they kind of dabbling in it usually? Both. Okay.
0: I think most of our brands, because they're established, they've uh, which is where we started was arbitrage selling, right? You buy something somewhere and you're gonna flip it on Amazon. So oftentimes the brands are suffering from arbitrage sellers or their wholesale customers were selling on Amazon and creating a poor customer experience, right? Amazon's another consumer touch point for them. So being able to control the marketplace not only gives them more funding, well, direct consumer funding, right? But it also just allows them to like control their pricing, control their messaging, make sure their product quality is there. So I think they come to us with a mix of curiosity if they haven't fully explored it or man, our, our pages look like garbage. Our competitors are eating us alive. And so can you make this better?
1: What is the percentage of kind of revenue contribution, rain boot, outdoor, loan cone company versus Amazon what what's the share?
0: Uh lone cone is about twenty-five percent of our revenues. Okay. So the agency makes up seventy five.
1: Yeah. And tell us the Lone Cone Rain Boot supply story. Give us that background.
0: Like how it started? Yeah. The background? Yeah. So uh, having this agency, we I feel like our team knows a ton about Amazon. But oftentimes because we're working in these mixed environments, it wasn't a pure cause and effect uh we weren't able to fully embrace, like, fully understand, like, some of the complexities of Amazon. So we're like, we need a sandbox. What can we do? And um, I have three little kids. And so I was, like, out like Target or someplace buying them rain boots. And I was like, man, like, these are just garish patterns. And, um, you know, then I go to REI to be like, well, I'll get you something better. And I'm just like, it's black and utilitarian. I was like, man, I don't know a lot about manufacturing, but, like, I'm pretty sure I can figure this out pretty quickly. I look back at like how naive I was, but it worked. Like somehow I found a great manufacturer who I still have to this day. I, um, was able to like, I, we have two local artists we worked with who are super talented and just happened to be through connections that they gave us these really amazing patterns off the bat, right off the bat. Launched them. I thought I had six months of inventory. I sold them like August 1st, like 10 days later, I'd sold out of 6,000 pairs. All
1: through Amazon?
0: All through Amazon. And I was like, oh, there's something here. Apparently and we know what we're doing. Well, <laughs> and, and, and funny enough, I was going to walk away. I was like, okay, well, that just confirmed that we knew how advertising works. We had all this stuff. My husband was like, why don't you do this? And I was like, oh, no, no, I don't know. I have no business in manufacturing. He's like, nobody else is going to do it, and you're already buying stuff, so why don't you just take this on and see what happens? And I was like, reluctantly, like, oh, okay, because I really enjoyed buying inventory more than product development. And yeah, it just it it just kept it up and added a couple of staff members to help me over time and. The rest is history.
1: How many do you sell t- in a year at this point?
0: We are the the or the second largest children's rain boot manufacturer in the United States, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it's just about 200,000 pairs. Wow. You yeah. count
1: those one by one?
0: <laughs> <I> try not <laughs> is to.
1: That, is that how it works? How, <laughs> ma- how many different patterns are represented in that in that quantity?
0: Oh, it's it's every inventory planner's nightmare. It's like 26. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's always like, You need to bring it down. And I'm like, No, the secret to us is really like you need three dinosaur patterns. You need two unicorn patterns. Like and our patterns are adorable, the color mix and we try to make them like match with whatever outfit you're wearing so that they're, you know, neutral enough but still stand out. And what's
2: yeah. what's the size range?
0: We do uh, little kid size four up to big kid four. So you're probably staying under like an eight year old.
1: I told you this at our coffee meeting and I think you met Kyle Newman when he came here last, but a friend of mine from Michigan that we share our love for mid century architecture yeah. and have met in Palm Springs. It's like, I gotta get to Lone Cone when I come to Boise. Yes. So we hunted for the quote retail location that sorry. didn't exist, which was her, you know, current office and soon to be office. And neither of them were like available to buy rain boots at. And I didn't know. So now we both know. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> yes. It's, we've gotten so many messages and we kept trying to think, like, should we do a showroom? And it's just, it always became just another thing. We talked about manage. things being in the margin, and yeah. that's just one of those things that's like, right. I would love engaging with people, but okay. yeah, that hosting a showroom is just its own le- labor of love that yeah. I don't have enough. And
2: it's you've got to design it, and I'm sure that would take.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm. we just remodeled our office, and that took me a year. I'm designed out. Yep. So, yeah,
1: understandable. Okay. Curious if it's only 25% of the the total picture. Do you anticipate? owning this forever or do you expect to have like a strategy to sell it to a bigger group and move on
0: So um I know we've talked about this about what I do so I did sell Lone Cone uh this past year I have a um I'm still managing the brand and I have a long-term relationship with them so it was kind of a really great wasn't quite ready to give my baby up but I also hit the ceiling with what my baby potential could be like I needed I'm really great at Amazon I'm not good at Shopify. I'm not good at social media. I'm not good at wholesale opportunities. And like things would come across our plate, but it became like, I don't have the cash to buy inventory for Target. Like, and then it would have Target cancels, right? So it was great. I found this really good partnership, the person that buys a bunch of other Amazon companies, and it's been a great relationship. So I'm still on the day-to-day, but more of a, I guess, a management capacity. And that's ideal. So I've exited out of that, and now I'm just managing the agency.
1: And is there a timeline on your commitment and working with them?
0: I have a few more years. Okay, yeah, which cool. is it, which is actually really cool to be part of. Like it's people that have funding and expertise, and they also share the passion for the brand, which is really cool. And so it's not like I I don't feel like it's a churn and burn. Like it's a um, they're emotionally invested in it as well. And so it's really cool that like I'm able to be with people who are more experienced, smarter, well connected, and funded. And I can be a, a seat at the table while they're doing this. Yeah. it's yeah, it's kind of a really cool opportunity for me That's just awesome. professionally. Yeah. And
2: how long ago did that close then?
0: I sold it in May of this past year. I'm Twenty? No, yeah, twenty-one. Yeah. And okay.
2: have you seen them wave their magic wand and things explode?
0: Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's like, you got to talk to Target because you your cousin was a Target? No, actually, it's they those are connect. But that's, that's what their,
2: it is. It's like, yeah. I've been trying to call them forever, and they're like, oh, let me uh, text them. Oh, yeah, well, there, a, we're in. I had a
0: funny story. So it's footwear, right? And I I've, I just fell into footwear, but I've become like a pseudo footwear expert. And one of the things of the initiatives I wanted to do, because we do sell a ton of rain boots, I wanted to make them more eco-friendly. And I was talking to the controller of this organization, and I was like, Actually, the CFO. And I was like, man, I was like, well, one of the initiatives I want to do is I know it'll increase the margin, but I do think there's this big platform of eco-friendly materials. I would love to explore it, but I don't really know. He's like, oh, Joey at Allbirds, we went to college together. Let me just – I'll get you in charge with his materials guy. Two days later, I'm talking to this guy who – as this amazing background in sustainable materials and rubber, and like set me down this whole path of like that's the connection that I don't have, mm-hmm. and that was a really good cool opportunity for me to just like have that conversation. A year's worth
1: of process cut down into like the 60 years, like days. three years. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, totally.
0: But um, but totally, and they're and the nice is they're like super nice, humble folks. So it's it feels, yeah, it's an easy place to work with. Your
1: husband was very instrumental in you agreeing to take this rain boot company somewhere. Did he have opinions about you letting it go?
0: he was one who championed it. He was like, cause I really had a, I had a three to five year plan. We were actually like on a hike and catch him. And I was like, okay, what are we doing with our lives? Like, you know, what is the way that we try to exit this? It kind of became, we had a, a couple of shockwaves hit our business and the, the kind of like the microphone dropped and we're like, okay, how are we getting out of this? And it became apparent that I can't give a two week notice. So it was like, I need an exit strategy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to grow a loan cone. I'm gonna give it this certain dollar amount and then I'm going to exit And Ken engaged with this company. We get a ton of solicitations. And he's like, and I talked to this group and like, they're different. Talk to them. And I blew them off for like three months. And finally, Ken's like, just just take a 30 minute call. And I loved him like instantly. I feel like I read a stat about selling your business and like the fifth piece of selling your business aside from all your financials and everything else was like the ability to trust the partner. And I think we had a great connection and I was like, okay, this is the person who is going to do good things and will do right by us. And so it's, yeah. He, so your husband
1: is pretty instrumental in you getting in yes. and out.
0: Any good idea uh, <laughs> any good idea is, is because of my husband. I give him a lot of credit. Um, I think I'm just, he calls me the closer. So yeah. I'm, the, I'm the person I'll come and I'll wrap everything up, but I'm not good at the original.
1: I give that credit to my wife too. She's an amazing idea person that gives us some stuff to go test out in the marketplace. Yeah. It's
0: a good one to be. For yeah, on sure. the other end. Yeah. yeah.
2: So you... Let your baby go. This was the first business you started then?
0: This, well, so the agency we started and then Loan Cone spun out of the awesome. agency. Okay. So I still, I still have our agency, which was great. So like I now have financial security. I'm able to sort of do my day to day. I don't have to let anybody go. This was kind of a really good, like the best of both worlds of like, cool, you're done. And I can be, continue to be self-funded and now I can fund my agency and hire some higher caliber folks, some different technologies.
2: Big exhale.
0: Total big exhale. And I hate to say it, but like supply chain this year that I was just like, man, bullet dodged. That mm. would have really, I mean, it's, it's tough because we're helping this company navigate this end of things and they can see a path out of it. And so can we, I mean, everyone, everyone can see the path out, but it was still like, I don't have to like, that would hit really close to feel the financial yep. load of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's exactly it. That, that would have, I would have been looking at the year end of financials a heck of a lot differently.
1: Post selling. How have you been able to invest more of your time and resources into the Amazon channel partner said?
0: Not as much as I'd hoped. I'm trying to figure this out. So Ken, my husband, we don't work well together. We are like two cats in a bag. Like so this has always been his baby, and I sat over here with my baby, and you know, we'd have collaborative meetings, but, um, so now I was like, shoot, I'm gonna be like too close to him. So I've been trying to carve out a spot. And when you and I talked, I was like, man, I'm I'm really trying to figure out what it is that I want to do. Like, do I want to write a book? What do I want to market? And I was like, I love the agency, I love our clients, I love the people that I work with. So I'm trying to find a home there more permanently before I just kinda dabbled now. I'm like, what am I what's my daily mm-hmm. responsibility? And I think um I'm working towards a couple of things. Yeah. 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 yeah I got it's it's hard. It's um reinventing like people have defined roles. So now I'm kind of coming in and saying, Can I squeeze in between these two roles? You know, and, and try to not disrupt everybody's mm-hmm. cheese. Yeah. You
1: know? What are your five and 10 year goals with that side of the business where you hope to go with it
0: right now? It feels like Ken and I are so much in the day to day. And I always thought that sounded like it sounded silly, but I realized that I need to spend more time being strategic more than like fixing the pipes and I think getting some people under us will have some clarity. So we're out, I think we're out of like 60% of the day-to-day, but there's still 40% where I'm like checking on like, did we ever like follow up with this client? Whatever happened here? could I review this pitch? You know, it's stuff like that, that I, I want to have some, and I've got great staff, but I think people just need more managerial, I don't want to say oversight, but they need someone to kind of bounce ideas off, be more mm-hmm. in the day-to-day. And I think if, after I get those, the right people in those roles, I think it's just a matter of managing it strategically because it's, it is fun. Like it's not a place that I, I'm not looking at the exit right away. Yeah. And I don't know what that exit would even look like. Cause it's like, this is, doesn't feel like a labor of love. Right. It feels, it feels like a labor of love, not a, yep. not, not work.
1: Mm-hmm. How many people are in the company?
0: We have twenty seven, twenty seven. 27.
1: And how many can you put a number to the amount of clients that you're servicing at any given point in time?
0: We have about 32, 34. And all, all of them different capacities, right? Yep. Some are much more high-touch, like we a full-time person's on them. And then some are, you know, we spend, you know, an hour a week. Yeah.
2: Is staff in the Boise area or some remote?
0: I have three remote people. The rest are all here.
1: That's fun.
2: What, working remotely? All the things she's <laughs> doing.
0: It's it's a good. It's good. And it's something, as we're trying to hire now, this is the balance that I think everyone's probably talking about this. How do you do hybrid work? And how do you do, do we continue bringing on more remote staff? And I love when people are in the office. We opened our new office up last week, and it's just relationship building. It's the small conversations. It's walking over to someone and saying, like, hey, did you talk to so-and-so? It's like, otherwise, I'm not going to call them up on Slack or send them a, you know, it's, it's so much better, so I'm really struggling with this. I want to open up talent pool and find other place, other people elsewhere.
1: But you can't get them around the water cooler.
0: But it's it, yeah. and I don't want to really want to fly you in because then it's a right. weird like I'm flying you in for a weekend, and I don't, I don't know, and I'm not mm-hmm. opposed to it. I just right now my heart is like I really would like to find Boise people.
1: What do you think about the Boise labor pool right now?
0: I think it depends on what you're hiring for, but it feels like the whole world feels like it's on fire. Oh. Um, I have a handful of open roles, and I just I'm getting. All different types of applicants I have a graphic design role, and I had a school teacher apply, which I was like looking through the resume of like, do, do you have? But I was also like, I guess I wouldn't want to be a teacher right now. <laughs> um, that's a that's a really hard job. So like, I'm, I was like, I love as have nurses applying. I think it's it's a it's a it's a grab bag of you have highly talented people, people that are out of state that want to come here. I think you have just it's it's a mess, and I'm trying to swim through it, and I just would like to have some talented folks.
2: And you're beyond the point where it's like, you look nice. Come work for me, number three. Dude, (laughs) I— You're like, number 30, 30, (laughs) number—
0: I I, want—I thank God I have an HR person, because that is exactly how I'd hire. I'd be like, you know what? We, we We have a good rapport. You seem responsible. You drove here today. You're sober. Like,
2: check, check, check.
0: I mean, we, uh, Outside Magazine has given us like the top 50 best places to work for two years in a row. So I feel like our team is great. We're doing something right. Um, So I think you could add a couple of crazies to the mix and they'll sort itself out.
2: You might move up the list. Exactly. (laughs) Especially, yeah, they they want the crazies.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I'll take any advice. If anyone, um, if anyone listening now is looking for a position, please find me on LinkedIn. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Hard to navigate some of those things.
0: Yeah. yeah, but everyone's feeling it. So at least I feel like I'm not alone. Totally. So, yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for the people that we have. Like, that's the nice thing is I look around and I'm like, we've cost-living adjustments. We've been really into work-life balance. Like we have did over the summer, no meetings on Friday, or no no work on Fridays. Now we have no meetings on Fridays. Just, we do have unlimited PTO, but, you know, it's always like a mixed bag, right? Because it's, you can take the time off predicated upon the fact of you getting your work done. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what is my work done? So by us being like, you have no commitments on Friday. Like that enables you to like wrap up your work day and, and go. There's right. not more meetings for meetings sake. And yeah. so I feel like we try to, so I feel like people do definitely appreciate that. And we hear that quite often. So especially
2: here, it's not especially. come to be expected,
1: but yeah. people take off early on Friday.
0: Yeah. And I do too. I mean, the skiing hill is not going to ski itself. Right. So
1: 45 minutes away, you got to go get it.
0: Yes. Yes. My bogus passive is abused. I'm surprised that like they haven't called me up to be like, lady, you can't come back today. It's too many times.
1: (laughs) It's a (laughs) nonprofit. That's what I'm
0: thinking. (laughs) Exactly.
1: I actually didn't know that about you. You're a skier?
0: Yes. Not a good one. So if you see me, don't, don't like be like, oh, yeah.
1: Is there a day or a rhythm that you have when you go or you just chase the snow? What do you do?
0: I, so I learned to ski three years ago. So being an old person learning how to ski, it's not muscle memory. So I do just love a good groomed run. Like yeah. a good first track. Yeah. It just, Fresh corduroy. Oh man. Shred the corduroy. Shred the I know. I know. I was talking to my girlfriend about this of like how do I I was like, how do we start learning how to ski like in the trees? And she's like, we should learn this. She's also learning. It's like, okay, maybe we'll get some lessons. And I was like, all right. But um, yeah, it's I'm in between. So it's like I can ski really well on a groom run. I get off feast and I'm like, I'm gonna die back here. I don't belong here. The 14-year-olds are, like, laughing at me, like, lady, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good.
2: And your husband probably grew up skiing, I assume, yes. being here? Yeah. yeah. So so he's uh, like, go go learn and let me know when we can ski well, together. Actually, it
0: was really nice uh, when our kids were learning. He hadn't skied in, like, 25 years. So he was like, I am totally good going down a Coach's Corner with you guys. Cool. And, yeah, so it's been nice. And then for us, like, skiing, like, we were gone last week, Thursday and Friday. We drove up to Brundage for just the quick Thursday, Friday. And that was nice just to have adult time to, like – we talk on the chairlift, we, you know, a lot of strategic planning. I mean, it really is like a nice, safe place where we're not, you're able to like have a conversation, you know, six minutes up, you take your 10 minutes to come down and then you can kind of resume of like where you left off. And it's a good, yeah, it's been a good. Brunage
2: b- has that feel too, where you just like really slow down and.
0: It it's does. Nice. It's funny you say that. Yeah. We always feel relaxed there. I
1: okay. always do my board meetings on Wednesday. Okay. At Bogus and we <laughs> get a lot accomplished.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, let me know if you need any board members. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although I ride a snowboard, so can you hang?
0: As long as you can't, fall, I do to fall off the chairlift and yeah. you get off. Like, oh, the, I won't. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. So it's every time I ride with someone who likes snowboards, I'm like, please don't take me out. Please don't take me out. <laughs> it happens like three or four times that I visit uh, I've,
1: I've been since I'm 15. So you're, you're I, capable. I got it down. Yeah. Okay. I won't jinx you then. Yeah. Well, we should do a Wednesday board meeting. Yeah. See what comes of it. That's That'll it. be our third. Done. Get it on the books. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a client or two in your business that you've been chasing for a long time that you really want?
0: Man, that's a really good question. No. I mean, okay. I can say no. I, I, I don't do the agency stuff that often, so I'm sure my husband, if he heard this, he'd be like, do you not remember we talked about this?
2: He's yelling like four names right now. Yes. There's yes. this one, <laughs> that one. We talked about this in Brundage <laughs> on
0: the lift yes, and oh, you weren't listening. Oh, this is all. Yes. We actually, we spent last week, which was a really good exercise. So um, we pivoted right before COVID to do this consulting model and it's been really successful for us. But part of the problem is we kind of did just a land grab of like, again, you seem nice. So like come work with us. And so I said, let's really be strategic. We've gone through a, a, a different types of clients. What is the cli- what is our ideal client profile or two? Yeah. And we walked away. I walked away with a different outcome. I was expecting us to have like that that typical profile of like this is the revenue and this is their product mix and this is their. And the biggest thing we took away from that, like the messages over and over again, is a client that has the same value system and the same like synergy and, and they trust us, like. It, it became so apparent that all the high friction clients, all the high touch clients came down to trust. And it was like, okay, well, where, where could we as an agency create trust and what are we doing wrong? And how do we also trust the clients that that they're going to say something that they're going to do it. And it became this really good two-way street. So when I think about my ideal client, it's really a good working relationship like anybody else, right? You, uh, I'm at a point where I can be financially choosy, which is a great place of freedom. So I don't want to take up a, you know, a, turd client because we need the money. It's like, I don't want to have my team be, you know, expected to work on a Saturday or, you know, deal with somebody's disrespect or someone's laziness, Um, which, you know, those, all those things happen. On the other hand, it's like, if they have a great relationship and it's like, this is the timeline in which we're doing stuff. And this is, and they trust that, Hey, we're say, make this advertising investment, right. Cause it's advertising always feels like I'm just wasting money, but you got to spend this much money. And this is what we'll get, uh, you know, if nothing is guaranteed, but trust us, it's a way health relationship. So in terms of, no, I just want a good partner that yeah. I think allows us to do what we do best, but then also communicates really well with us on what they're doing outside of Amazon so that we have a good partnership and get the most for their product line.
1: Right. It's pretty cool to get to that phase of your business where you can start to be a little bit more selective with who you bring on as clients.
0: So much better. Yeah. yeah. It got, to takes years to get there, doesn't yeah. it? But you got to kiss a lot of frogs.
2: Well, yeah, not worrying about like, oh, I want to be able to say, oh, we work with this big name and this big name. You just want to work with people that you mix well with.
0: We have, I mean, for, I always kind of make us, I feel like we're like the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears maybe are doing good this year. Maybe it's a bad example. But like, I feel like we're the bad news Bears. Like we show up with this like under 30 person agency in Boise, Idaho. Might as well be like in in Iowa. Like no one cares. And then everyone's like these big Seattle firms of 200, 300 people. And it's always super cool when our brands come from these like big agencies and we're like, hey, we love working with you guys because we just know you deliver. You put out a great product. You're easy to work with. Um, and so that's something when I think about scaling and like how do I bring on people. It, we have a highly high-touch, high-relationship business, and so it, there's not a lot of operations guy. There's not a lot of standardization. There's not a lot of scalability because it is such, yeah. and, such a custom experience. Mm-hmm. But we do work with some really big-name clients, and I'm super proud that our little tiny agency lands these big fish because it's our relationship and what we're putting out there.
2: What's an example of one of the biggest wins like that, that you'd say, like, is it people coming from a bigger agency? Yeah.
0: Um, so we work with Solomon running shoes. Um, we've worked with Arc'teryx, um, Deuter is the largest backpack producer. So Deuter and Osprey run neck and neck. So we have Deuter. Darn tough socks are huge. Big Agnes makes tense Nemo equipment. Like these are, um, longstanding brands that have come and gone. And they're always like, man, you put out a really good product, but so much that behind those brands are the people. And we've just made really good relationships with the people that are operating and with them. So when they, you know, everyone moves companies. And so it's like, hey, I you know, started over at this new footwear company. We've told them how much you've done great for Solomon. Like, would love it. Like, could you do it for us? And that's, I don't know, that's really cool too. So yeah, and we've, it's, yeah, we've, I think it's all relationships.
1: I said five and 10 year plans for the company. Do you anticipate you'll be doing this in 10 years?
0: I don't even know what I did 10 years ago. Yeah. No, I mean, I think about, I, so my oldest is 10, which now is really weird. But you, yeah, you've got big kiddos too. And I was like, wow, 10 years ago, I had my first child and I was trying to dabble in like, do I want to be a stay at home mom? I, ha- I just had, I have my MBA. So I was like, well, it feels like I'm wasting this degree. I was doing part-time payroll just to keep my head like in numbers uh, that was only ten years ago, so I have no idea what I'm doing ten years from now, and that feels like a lifetime ago. Okay,
1: so we'll say it this way: still going to be doing this in five years.
0: I don't know if I would be doing it in five years. Okay. I, I love the work that we do right now, but we've always pivoted, so I don't know exactly what the work looks like in that time period. Yeah. And at some point, yeah, like I, I have this very niche skill set, so I wonder, like, at some point, as Amazon goes away, I'm like, what the heck do I know? What's left? Right. I don't know.
1: That is a really interesting question.
0: I mean, I could have cleaved to eBay. Like, my life would have been way different. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know what I want to be doing in five years. I've been trying to figure this out, too, of, like, what's the thing I most want to do? And I think as a mom, I think a lot of women struggle with, and I don't know if your wife feels the same way, of just, like, I always have one foot in parenting and one foot in running a business. And it's always feels opposite. So, like, when my kids are there, I'm thinking about business. When I'm Mm -hmm. at work, I'm thinking about my kids. And I thought for a brief moment of time I was just going to, like, be a stay-at-home mom. I was like, you know what? I can, like, do, like, the bare minimum at work, and I'll be home with the kids. Did that for, like, a month, and I was like, you know what? I really learned with my kids, and it sounds bad, but it's really quality over quantity. Yeah. Like, I'm lucky enough. I have a great babysitter who is my right-hand man, and she, like, my ki- I come home. My kids are settled, and, like, they're squared away, and their stuff's done, and I get to pick them up and, like, their their best versions of themselves that day yeah. as opposed to like the crying kid coming off the school bus who's like right. hangry. Yeah. And the, so I've,
2: the roommate.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly how to describe my entire household. So I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm I go back and forth with like doing nothing, but then I can't sit still. Like COVID taught me I can't sit still. Yeah. So yeah.
1: When you sold the company, that was a huge home run, right?
0: Yeah. Well it was also one of those moments too where everything's done virtually. So you sign all these papers. And it's this big emotional thing, and you just click the, like, the bear, what is it? The What's the doc? The docu-sign? Yeah. Submit, and you're like...
1: Wow, just sold my company. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: okay. Now what? Uh, yeah, it funny. was, like, one of those moments where I was like, wow, oh, that yeah. was it. I that's, just-
2: like, most big projects or deals, <laughs> though, right? Where you're <laughs> like, I'm done. So, now where's what? my party like where's the (laughs) what do we do
0: that's it so i'm obsessed with my chickens uh so i yeah i think i had like a bottle of champagne that i bought and i was like i'm gonna go sit with my birds and like have a glass of champagne yeah
2: they're just in the backyard i assume
0: just yeah they have a whole side yard to themselves yeah they're yeah they have a chicken paradise the fanciest chicken coop in the entire state that's
1: funny talk to us about biggest mistakes that you've made so far
0: I've made a lot of mistakes and I've made like dumb mistakes that have cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, a lot of my mistakes are things that I guess I was thinking about advice for somebody and like, how would I avoid this? You don't know what you don't know. So there's at some point of business I've, you know, I got in trouble uh, kind of owing the government some money on some things. Not a big deal. I wasn't for doing a scam. It was truly a mistake. And uh, that was fine. As so I had a, pay them back. It was super easy, but it took, it was a couple hundred thousand dollars. When you're a small business, it's, it's a lot of money. Um, but thankfully like that worked itself out. Like that could have been devastating, but, um, we just navigated through it and made a payment plan and it was fine. But that lesson taught me of like, okay, what's not buttoned up. So do you go through this entire like checklist? And the thing that I've learned is as a business owner, you don't want to cut corners, but sometimes you're literally, it's like making a decision between like, am I paying payroll or am I making this investment in technology? And it's like, sometimes it's just, and cash will come in lumpy. And so oftentimes you look at somebody, you're like, does this is consultant, like, how can I have someone analyze my business? And is this hiring this person or paying the attorney? Is it worth it? And, or like paying $25,000 for an insurance policy. You're like, I'm never going to make that claim. Is it worth it? And now I'm like, oh my God, we're so buttoned up every single mm-hmm. place. I forgot to insure one of our warehouses. We had a big warehouse fire. And I was like, oh, no big deal. We're insured. Nope. That was the week I had COVID. I forgot to email my insurance agent because I was sick, did not. And he did not follow up with me. And so I lost a couple hundred thousand dollars in inventory. But again, it's just being buttoned up. And so the, the um, those mistakes have honestly just taught me to like triple check myself mm-hmm. and really bring in outside help, even though you're thinking, it's, but it's what ounce of prevention, pound of cure. So now I'm like, what is the thing? So I, after we went through these, these exercises, I was like, okay, I want the liability attorney. Like I'm going to pay that person some time. I want, like, where are all the pitfalls that I'm not aware of? Like, can someone look at my business? Like, what are the contracts customers are signing? What are the, where does this go wrong? And um, that was really good just to keep my house in order. And I was like, okay, yeah. turns out we're crushing it. We had some ducks in a row. We just, you know, small little oversight.
2: Yeah. Contracts keep coming up. They do.
0: ah <sighs> uh. Tricky. Contracts. I do not recommend, I mean, I do recommend that, but we used to do business. <laughs> Don't with a do handshake. contracts. It's it. just handshake deals. Like you see nice. I mean, yeah. that was, that was really how we started a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Definitely
1: yeah. stuff you can do when you're young. When
0: That's older You get in business. It's, I mean, more money, more problems yeah. is the thing I'm always thinking there. It's like when you're young. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing to lose. Yeah. And you yeah. get a little bit bigger. Like, Oh yeah, it turns out that really hurt.
1: I think I heard you say somewhere else too, that trusting your gut, your intuition. Yes. So you've had a couple of those where you didn't do that.
0: Oh, for sure. I think, well, you know, I think selling this business has been an eye-opening experience because this group on the other side just really accomplished professionals. Like you look at their LinkedIn and you're like, man, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) Like people like work at these like major organizations or like, you know, we're really influential in certain campaigns and you're like, wow, you know, and the nice thing is like I get in this room And we talk about like weekly sales and strategy and what's going on. And it's been validating that I'm like, turns out I'm not the dumbest person in the room. Like, it's great that I'm bringing up points to them that like, oh, we didn't think that and vice versa. And it's been a really healthy conversation. But it's taken me a long time to really, I think when you're self-employed, there's no validation outside of external validation and people are still going to do business with you. So when you're in a corporate setting, I think you're immediately like, you know, sink or swim and, you know, you can rise or not, right? Right. So I, I've learned a lot that I I spent a lot of time second guessing myself and making the right decisions. And especially as a female, I think I just have this like insecurity that always lives with inside of me of like, am I doing the right thing? And, um, yeah, so I just, I've just really kind of learned to like, and just embrace that, you know, I've been through a few things. I might not have the right answer, but I'm just going to trust my instinct. Yeah, It took years to get here Mm
2: -hmm. You've
1: come a long way.
0: Yeah, which is good. (laughs) Good. It's good to have growth. You have to stop
2: every now and then and look back and be like,
1: okay, yeah.
0: And that was, we had consultants when we first started out that were really good for, I mean, it was almost like going to a personal trainer. Where like, I would leave there going. This is all the stuff that I know how to do. It's like, I know how to do a squat, right? But having somebody else hold you accountable and having, giving yourself that day, which it seems so hard as a business owner, like we'd spend an entire day in a room planning and strategizing and thinking through stuff. And I always remember just feeling like, what am I, I've wasted my time. And, um, but that was the best exercise to just sit there and like, but then they were like, they would look and say, look at all the stuff you accomplished in the last Mm -hmm. six months. And that was, that became a good practice of my own. We do strategic planning and we do quarterly reflections, but it was just a way to like, look, look, look at all the stuff that we've accomplished. Like, even though it seems like there's this mountain in front of us, like we just hiked up here, right? With our, you know, water Mm -hmm. bottles and that's it. So it's giving the time to self-reflect is yep. so important to do that, which is easier said than done.
1: Yep. Always something to do. Always something to
0: yeah. do. Yeah. And it always feels like that was yesterday's problem. Uh, right. Moving on, it's tomorrow's problem.
1: In high school, could you have imagined that you would be doing this? Did you no. know what you wanted to be doing?
0: No. No. I wanted to be, like, I wanted to wear, like, the lady power suit. Look back. Like, I really should pull that out of the closet at some point. Like my first couple of jobs, I wore like a little jacket. Um, but I wanted to go like work in an office. Like there, I don't know what sounded so fun about an office, but like, I wanted to go run the, run the agency, run the firm. And like, it's all the romantic
2: comedies where they're it. all like an advertising yes. or PR and they're like doing it all. And you're like, that's me.
0: Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's totally what I was fed. I wanted that. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder and like go work at Procter Gamble and and no, I had no idea, and then I um, graduated high school really young, and I graduated college really young, and so I thought I was going to be an attorney, because that felt like a straight and narrow path. Um, actually, one point I was joined the military, uh, I was because like, you need to get your parents' permission. I was 16, and I was done with high school, and my mom was like, ah, I'm not really comfortable with you joining the military, and I was like, but I think this would be like, I was going to join the Air Force. She told him I was gay, so I'm on the list somewhere where I'm like, so... The recruiter did not call me back, and I was like, Wow, this is I think this was pre don't ask, don't tell days, right? So, no, I looked back, I was like, I was not a risk taker. So, no, I did not think I'd be self employed, but yeah. now I can't imagine not, not being, being self employed. Yeah,
2: so for other self employed individuals or those looking to start businesses or in the throes of running one, what would be your biggest piece of advice looking back?
0: It really is doing some hindsighting. Um, I, I'm a, big fan of planning and i remember my first boss uh, so actually i did work at a tv station i did um, local tv sales for a station in syracuse new york for like a year and it was the, and i also delivered pizza at night but it was my first boss was like every day you're going to write your list of what you have to do tomorrow like at the end of the day what is all the things you have to do but she's like also look at it like in big picture chunks too so what is the stuff you need to accomplish and every day write cross off your stuff and start a new page the next day and it was such a good exercise. And so I do that. But then I also might with my strategic planning, there are certain miles, milestones and KPIs I'm trying to hit. But I do a really good job of like, I'll finish my notebook. And we have, like, qu- you know, first the quarter is an easy time to do reflection. But like, I just go back through my to do list too, of like, what did I what ball did I drop? What got missed? But it's like, a really good time to like, look back. And I think people don't because I think everyone thinks about taking that risk. But like, you know, no one like Evel Knievel didn't jumped the gorge, like overnight, like he took some small steps. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't think we realize that like, you accomplish a lot in a year or or a short period of time, right? Or just think about savings, right? I can't save $100,000 tomorrow as a business owner. But like, I could probably do it over two years with just some strategic, moving money around and making better decisions. But it's like every little bit helps. So I think really having that plan, but then acknowledging your wins and losses and reflecting, I think is so crucial to seeing what progress you're making to motivate you yeah. or have you make different decisions.
1: Your business and the story of your businesses is a book. What chapter are you currently in and what's it called?
0: Uh, have you seen Raising Arizona? Yes. Salad days. So I feel like life is so good and my kids are like super healthy. Like they're healthy, fun, happy kids are all under 10. So like we're in this cool spot We're like going to ski with them is a is actually now a blast. Like there's no longer like pizza pieing. And and I enjoy like playing games with them. Like now there's like strategy and like people are like smack talking each other and like you know, I I love my husband dearly. Like we he's my best friend and like the guy who makes me the craziest, but like we have a great marriage and I'm so fortunate. My business has never been in a healthier position. Like I love what we do. I love the team that I have. I am so lucky that I live in this city. Like I I don't want to advertise that Boise is so great, but, uh, but I really like, this has been such a good foundation. Like I, I, when I talk to my family back East, I sometimes feel sad about their day to day. I'm like, you don't have a trail behind your house and you don't have to get to go ride your bike in the green belt to go get beers on a Saturday. Like there's just really cool stuff here. So I feel like my life is like, I, I couldn't imagine it getting any richer. Like, this is a great spot.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, kudos for you for being aware of it in the moment too, because a Thank lot you. of people don't until they look back and say, "Man, it was much better back then." Yeah.
0: People say that. Well, I remember, like, people like enjoy when your kid is two. I did not enjoy any of that, but I'm also like looking at my ten year old and my little guy's seven. But I was like, "Oh my god, you guys are!" I mean, hopefully, you're out of my house in ten years. But like, it's like like sand going through my fingers right yeah. now. That I'm like. I don't even know if I'm cool anymore to them, but like I'm losing that. Yeah, my so. oldest
1: is eighteen. He's graduating this year. Yeah. Talking about where he's gonna go, who he's gonna move in with. Oh. My no. six, my sixteen year old just got her license yesterday.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> she
1: took the car out for the first time by herself. Yeah, at ten years old wasn't wasn't that long ago.
2: I have ten and eight year old boys, but when they turn ten you're like on the second half of them going off to school or whatever they're going to do, Tens like a big number yeah, for a parent. I feel yeah. like I was, oh. Well,
0: I've been doing this for a decade. Like I'm a varsity parent now, right? Like yeah. I, I know I got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. But I'm also realizing that I know nothing because now the real conversations are coming in. And yeah. that's the stuff that like it's, it's my uh, – it's funny because we are talking about careers and like with kids and college savings and like what do they want to be when they grow up. And I'm just like, I just want you guys to be good citizens. Like the things that just be aware of your surroundings and like inequality and just be, just be nice. And I think that will open up a ton of stuff.
1: A little different than what our parents were hoping for, for us. College. Yeah.
0: You better go to college and get a job. Yeah. Which. Interesting. No, my son is having anxiety because I told him I'm not paying for college. I mean, TBD. But I was like, I can find I can't finance my retirement, right? Like, like they can finance college, I'm hoping. I don't know. Yeah. But um but he's like, How much is college? And like he's like trying to do like minimum wage. He's like, Well, how many year I was like, what if I can't afford it? I was like, This is not my problem. <laughs> I mean he's seven, he's freaking out. And my husband's like, We should tell him that and I was like, No, this is good. That's a healthy exercise. Like yeah. people should be like, if it's something you want, you gotta work towards it. Yeah. I was like, he'll get a scholarship or I don't know, or he'll go into a trade, like figure it out. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah.
1: What is the next chapter of your business called?
0: I don't know because I really feel like the this feels bad because I'm such a planner. I feel like I'm so fixated on getting the, the agency kind of squared away. I want to make like six or seven really key hires. And I feel like from there I would have some breathing room. I feel like yeah. I'm so micro-focused and I feel mm-hmm. like that's not a place I like to be. But I feel like then from there I can start seeing – Bigger picture, like where do we fit into the market? Like, I have a general sense of this now, but I think with the right people, it's like, do I have somebody who's great with business development? Do I have somebody who's great with client retention and management? Do I have, like, is everybody happy? Like, all those like things that keep me up at night. I think from there, I'll have clarity as to like what does that look like for Ken and I in terms of daily operations.
1: Because those players will play a pretty major role in exactly what that next chapter will look like. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair.
0: I know, but it feels short sighted. So it's something, but the well, nice some, thing is. Yeah, but
1: sometimes that happens. Get super focused in an area and have to double down on something and get those things in place. And then you can breathe again and get your head above water.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But I think, and the nice thing with the agency, unlike having an inventory heavy position, the agencies, you know, it's all cash. And so I have, you know, operational overhead. But uh, so th- I don't feel like this, like, oh, I've got to pay the bank back and I got to do the, it's like, I'm eating when I'm killing, you know, so that's really nice that like, if it doesn't manifest, it's like, cool, I don't have to like break down this substantial business anymore. Like, you know, having an inventory based business was like, okay, I got to liquidate this over nine months or a year. And then what if there's still money due? Where do we, you know, it's a whole different world. So yeah, yeah, so it gives me a lot of flexibility to figure out where we're going.
1: Yeah. You have a lot of ideas about being a self-funded business. Yes. Yes. Platform is yours. Take it away. <laughs>
0: well, that's a big question. Uh, a big open-ended question. But yeah, so we are self-funded, which I didn't appreciate until I started talking to other businesses about investors. And we, I, I think for a long time, especially when we're working with a consulting firm, I kept thinking, gosh, if I had an investor like Shark Tank style, where like Mark Cuban's going to swoop in and he's going to open the doors for me with connections and his 30% contributions are going to grow my business, you know, 900X. And But I always wanted the white knight or the white the knight and the horse. What is that? The shining horse. Yeah. You know what I mean. I wanted the someone to rescue me. The knight in shining me. armor. Thank you. I'm, never, <laughs> I'm like George Bush, the max on how I, I screw these up all the time. I always wanted someone to come in and rescue us. I felt like, again, it comes down to trusting your gut. I, I always thought someone out there was smarter than me and had better answers than me. And um, and I think being self-financed is, it's the, the same thing with having, a if I had an investor, I would still have to answer to them similarly I have to answer to the bank. So I think there's a lot of parallels. I get all of the upside, I have all of the risk, but it's also it's I still in order to see succeed, I have to know my financials. I have to you, you know have whatever internal accounting, some way of understanding my margins, what are the things that are performing? It's all those same questions that a VC would ask you. But I can still own this. I think having an injection of cash, there was a time where someone was like, "Well, if I gave you a million dollars today, what would you do with it?" And I was like, "I don't know." It's like, "Well then, if you don't know how to spend this money, and that was eye opening, too, that I was like, OK, then what would I do? Like, is there some amount of money right now that would change this business dramatically in three to six months that would be worth taking on some additional risk for? So I, th- I think the the thing I would give to people is, you know, I leverage credit cards for a long time. Zero uh, percent credit cards for my friends. They still are like I get an offer in the mail and I'm like, oh, do I want this twenty five thousand dollar line of credit for what? I don't know, but I might need it. I don't need it. But zero percent credit cards with my friends for the longest time, getting my boot off the ground because like a you know eighteen month zero percent APR, I'm like that's free money. I'm gonna max that out all day long and like calendarize that payment, and then I'd just kind of keep doing that. Like I'd kind of do you know balance transfers for three hundred bucks onto the next credit card. Um, I remember like when we first moved to Boise, we had to get a bank loan. We were walking into Washington Trust, super pregnant, and Washington Trust. I kept. I mean, they've been our bank from the beginning, and they've. We left them and we, and we come back, and they've been so great to us. But I remember they gave us like a hundred thousand dollar line of credit. I thought I just robbed the bank. I was like, those suckers have no idea. Like, I mean, meanwhile, there was like this little baby amount of money that I really I needed, but it was. Um, but they really helped. They really helped us, like, have better financials. Like, we went in there with an Excel spreadsheet with like notes in the margin, like, no. Thank God the bank like kind of saw that we were doing stuff and you know understood a little bit about e-commerce, but uh, we've since improved our game and like there was a moment where like we had to do an alternative lending because like the bank was like you we went from like little baby relationship banking to like big boy banking, and in big boy banking they're like no you need audited financials and like you need to have like a really game plan a real game plan and like you need to be grown up and we were like wait 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 what because we we need this money like now because like just <laughs> the inventory is not turning. <laughs> And, uh, we had a good alternative lending and that was crazy. And I learned a lot through that process too. And so it was just like, uh, really learning how to manage your own. It's like managing a house, right? You got to save a little bit for a rainy day. You've got to, but these are all principles that like money's coming in, money's coming out and Ken and I were doing our own finances, which we had no business doing our own finances. Like, yeah. So, um, it worked out, but I think for anybody looking to start a business, you can absolutely do this yourself. Just, I would make the investment into a CPA early. Yeah. or i would do or I have some financial discipline like running a household like a quickbooks or something because now it's like i look at it i'm like oh yeah we couldn't dupli- re- duplicate duplicate uh, replicate any financials without taking like 30 days because it was so much work but now i can have them on demand right so it's yeah. just yeah so long-winded answer
1: no that <clears throat> i part of the hope is obviously as we get other people listening to the podcasts hopefully that inspires them, right? Because not everybody needs to find investors or outside revenue sources. And if somebody's done it before them and they didn't know it was possible, like hopefully they can be inspired by you and want to connect and learn more.
0: Totally. And I think the the best part about being self-financed and we have met with every single bank in this valley and, and other areas because you're going around looking for the best deal, what's the best rate? And we've, we switched banks at one point and, and that was okay, but it was really like, I didn't realize what relationship banking meant and I think having a banker who's bright and is on your side and is rooting for you mm-hmm. is so important to growing the business and um, I'd actually say my bankers are my friends now which is kind of I mean your business friends right yeah. uh, but we did ski together but it's it's nice because they can give you guidance or they can make those connections for you and it's the same thing I think a VC would do for you so I think if you're starting out and you're looking at a bank start early just get the start networking just get somebody that in there they're not as intimidating And they're people that want, that are, they want you to succeed.
2: Yeah. And now that you're in a position with maybe a little more time, maybe not. Yeah. And we talk about what are you going to be doing in five or 10 years? Do you think there is another business you will start?
0: Yes. Yes. Are you
2: already exploring something?
0: No, I just, uh, we were talking about this day with one of my employees. I was like, all right, I have, I just have a couple of ideas like kicking around in my head. But I think. It's kind of like, I don't know if you guys run, but like if you run like a marathon, right? You're like, you sign up for it, you do all this training, and then you finish it. You're like, good, I'm done. I'm never doing that again. And then what happens? Like six months later, you're like, okay, someone talked to you to signing up for another one. That's where I'm at right now. I'm in that post-marathon, like, "Uh, I just want to eat ice cream on the couch. (laughs)
2: My wife ran the Chicago Marathon and we went Whoa. and just got the like deep dish pizza after. Yes. And I was the guy that went from like the art museum and like waved to her every <laughs> yeah. little bit and she got done. It's the same thing as Roby Creek. Like yes. if you ride the bus up to Roby Creek to meet someone, it's not the same.
0: <laughs> There's no bus this year too, which I, I just signed up for Roby and um I, I was like how are, I was like, How am I getting home? So if anybody knows that I'm getting home, I'd be good. I said it's probably it's incentivized me to finish, but like, yeah. Uh, just but run back. It. It's, it's run downhill, back. right? <laughs> uh, exactly. It's a good way to put it. It's all downhill that way. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I am, There's something rattling around in there, but I just feel like I need to decompress a little bit and kind of like what's what's in the water in front of me. I have the lone cone relationship that I'm still navigating. This agency has a ton of potential. I just need to figure out some staffing and systems, operational pieces, and then I think from there my, my headspace will be clear. So if, yeah
2: you have the appetite and the know-how and you'll probably approach it differently. All the, all your own yeah. advice you can give to yourself.
0: Oh, I'll probably take none of my own advice, <laughs> right? I'll do all the wrong things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, when, when TJ and I met, I was like, I'm trying to figure this out. I was like, do I write a book? Do I, wh- what's the next, what would be fun? Um, I'm also at that place too where um, I thought about a business of doing like adult internships. Because I was like, so building this, doing this office remodel. I actually went to my contractor and I was like, would you guys like maybe hire me part-time to like, do, he was like, no, <laughs> was like, fine. Okay. But I was like, I kind of wanted to learn like a little bit about like, how do how do you evaluate this? What do you look at? Like, what are the things that are yeah. good and bad? Like, show me the details. Like something
1: completely different. I'll sweep the floors. And yeah. he's
0: like, no, he's like, just no. He's like, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, but I'm, I, I want to learn. And I thought about like, let me go work with an electrician for a little while so I can like learn how to do yeah. my own home wiring. And he's was like, there's YouTube videos. I was like,
1: Just be careful if you're hanging around with her. She's got big fangs (laughs) and she needs to sink her teeth into something.
0: That's it. I feel that way. I feel like I'm like, but I want to try something, try something else. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just keeping the options open and trying to like get my balance.
1: We're excited to see what happens. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Low expectations.
1: Given, given all the things (laughs) you've gone through, done, have left to do, would you say you're at a place where you're pretty happy?
0: I'm so happy um and I think without going through the pitfalls right you don't appreciate what you have and I am I'm really happy like I can't believe this is the life that I get to live like I'm home every my husband and I are both home every night with our kids at like five o'clock we have dinner as a family we you know we love to ski so we're always up the ski hill we're always have a bunch of like little trips planned and like tons of we're talking summer about the kids love backpacking which is surprising being an east coaster I um Remember the first time my husband took me camping i was like so is there like mini golf around or like what do you what do we do all day what do we do yeah um he was like no i was like is there flush toilets he's like no i was like shoot okay all right so being these kids are i actually like backpacking so we're trying to plan like what are some things now that the kids are bigger and capable and so i'm so happy at this point in my life that like i have some independence with my family and i can see their personalities bloom the business is stable I love like my friendships. Like I'm Christmas party every year. We have like a hundred people show up to the house. I know COVID, but everyone's like, you know, doing their vaccinated thing. Um, and that's like, I look around, I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm so fortunate. This many people like us enough to like keep showing up. And we make people sing songs and stuff too. So it's not like an easy party. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm really happy. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Thank you. I feel really fortunate to say that. Yeah, for
1: sure. Not everybody's story and definitely not everybody's story in our current environment and climate. I know. know. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of fortunate folks and not quite as fortunate folks, but still, I think we have the ability and the roles that we are in to help change that for people too.
0: Totally. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. Which I think when it's like, then I don't know, just, I love like talking to my staff about what's going on in their lives and how do we, I don't, I think I'm also like a, becoming a, used to think I was a pessimist, but I really am a a glass half full person. Mm -hmm. And I think going through all of the the hard things we went through, I was talking to my girlfriend too about the, like how how would you, what would you say about me? And we talked about stuff and like, you know, you just are resilient. Like there's just, I was like, well, you've got two choices in life. When, when shit hits the fan, you can say, I can curl up in a ball and like, you know, be angry and be the victim. Or I can be like, okay, put on my big girl pants and I'm going to go solve this problem. And the only way I know how, and sometimes you got to mourn whatever you dealt with, but, I think it's definitely important to like pick your head up for a minute and be like, I'm grateful for what I do have Yeah. and here's the path forward. And that right. is always easier said than done because sometimes life can be Yeah. Yeah. and a lot of things out of your control. But it's like, what are the things that I can control and what mm-hmm. are the things that I'm capable of doing? And then you got to look around your circle and like, who else could help me? And yeah.
1: You've offered a lot of great insight and stories and, experience and we appreciate your time with us
0: thank you guys for including me this was a lot of fun to just have a conversation yeah
1: for sure we always make the offer at the end if somebody was touched by what you had to say and maybe inspired or wanting to learn more, can they connect with you?
0: One thousand cool. percent. I would love that. So yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Annalisa DeMarta. Easy, easy enough to spell. Yes. Uh, you said that
1: really fast. Was that
2: <laughs> one name or three <laughs> compiled? I know. And
0: there's a middle name in there because every good Italian has to have a Marie in the middle. Yeah. Uh, So Annalisa DeMarta. Yeah. You can look us up, Bridgeline Insights uh, or on Lone Cone and I'm around, but yeah, I'd absolutely love to. LinkedIn's connect.
1: the best way to get you.
0: Uh, yeah, LinkedIn's probably Kay. the most easier, straightforward. Everything dies in my inbox, so. Okay. Yeah. I feel you. I hate <laughs> it's that a inbox. Problem. It's a real problem. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been fun. Did you have fun? Great time. Did you learn a couple things? I did, yeah. yeah. Thank you. We appreciate you being here in Boise and being part of the fabric of what's going on here. Thank you. Your impact in our community and what you're working on, and we're glad that we get to spend some time with you. So thanks Ditto. again. I appreciate
0: the opportunity guys. Thank you. Awesome.
1: Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us today and listening in. We're really glad that you did. We're always open to having more guests on the podcast. And so long as they live here in Boise and are actively involved in building business here, no matter where that business might be located, we're actually very interested in learning more from them and potentially sharing their story through this podcast. Feel free to send us a recommendation for a future guest or simply connect with us on Instagram at Boise Business Builders. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we would greatly appreciate a review. Thanks again.